Welcome to Sermons to Myself. This is a special episode. Um, we're still in the Overcome series, which of course comes from Revelations 12 and 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto their death. Um, as I've said before, I've heard this scripture said so often in just going to church and being a part, but I didn't know where it came from. And this is literally, you know, talking about how the angels, not how regular humans, but how, how the angels defeated the devil. And so when I read that again, one day, it came up in just my Bible app scripture of the day. When it came to me, I was like, oh, that's a different side of what it is and it's also I mean just in my prayer time with God it has been he's been telling me you you it's time for you to start sharing your life with others and so I promised y'all four episodes ago that we would have guests in this series for the first time and I asked guests and three of them said yes and I haven't heard from them since one of them said no and then, and she was literally the first person I asked and she said no. And I, for me, I respect when people say no, this is not easy. Um, it's not easy to share your testimony to people because once you put it out there, it is out there and you don't have any control over who gets to hear it once you put it out. And so I respect everybody saying no, because quite frankly, I said no to God for about a year and a half before I decided to do the podcast. But here we are a little less than a month after I've asked. And she texted me yesterday and was like, I think I'm ready now. I know I said no, but I, I think I'm ready now. And literally less than 24 hours later, here we are. And so I want to introduce to y'all the wonderful, the incredible, the singer, songwriter, producer, beautiful radio host, just all of the things, Miss Derricka Booker. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and, and a little nervous, but I'm, I'm excited that I did this. this. It's a great, great platform to speak on, honestly. I'm excited to have you. So just so I can share with the people how we met, me and Derricka both went to UTA. We are Mavericks alum and it is amazing. She joined VOC, that's Voices of Christ, which is the gospel choir we had at UTA. I don't think either one of us were a member for more than a year. <laughs> we tried. We, we were there. We're, we we're good. <laughs> um, but she has the most anointed voice. It just, I, and anybody will tell you, anybody that's ever heard her sing will tell you. And if you haven't heard her sing, her album, her EP is on Apple Music. Here goes everything. And it's great. It's not a Christian, it's not a Christian album. Just throw it out there. I want you to know. Um, one of her says, ooh, ah, push it. And I, oh, I, oh that is my jam. I just want to throw, throw, it's my jam. I listen to that song regularly. Um, uh, won't you pull up on me? That's a, it's another bop that's on the album. I just want to throw it out there. But it, she, she's amazing. But when you meet her, you recognize that her spirit just is light. It is, 
just effervescent. She she glows literally when she walks. Her smile will change your entire mood. And so when I decided this was going to be our next series, I started reaching out to people immediately. And again, I say she was the first one I reached out to because I don't know her testimony, first of all. So I'm kind of being nosy. But I want to know, like, you don't get this glow. You don't get this smile. You don't get this light without having gone through something. Because, I mean, in order to receive the crown of life, we've gone through this on the podcast already. You have to go through trials and tribulations. The Lord said so himself. It is in the Bible. You will not receive the crown of life until you have had trials and tribulations. You have to overcome first. So... In order for her to be where she is and to have this glow, I know there's a story behind it. I want to know it. And I'm sure it is going to help several people. So let's let's get into it. Give us, I'm not going to just say, what's your testimony? Because that is, that's a loaded question. But when did you, did you grow up in the church? How did you get to know God first? Oh God. Okay. So this is, this is, this is good. Okay. So I want to speak to the, uh, to the kids that, um, went to church, um, but didn't necessarily grow up in church. Like I was a every Sunday, every Monday, uh, kid, but you know, my mom wasn't, you know, having us in there Sunday through Friday, you know, Sunday school, Bible study, children's choir, usher board meeting. We weren't that we were literally just the Sunday and Bible study family. Um, I, of course, got saved at a very, very early age before I even understood what it was. You know, as a kid, you just have an unction to just go up there without really fully understanding um, what it means to give your life over to Christ, you know. <clears throat> and I was a kid that, you know, actually liked going to church, you know, outside of it just being really long, <laughs> you know. Uh, I actually enjoyed going to church, you know. And I never understood why my brothers who are much older didn't, you know, and I guess because for them, um, it was just something our my, our mom was making us do. You know, we weren't necessarily engaged in the word and what was going on. It was just something our mama was making us go to. And so we just did because under, you know, as for me and my house, we will. Right. The Lord. You know what I mean? Um, and for me, it wasn't until I was older for me, it was like a cycle of just going to church every Sunday. Well, for us, it was Monday. So I know a lot of people regularly, their Bible studies are on Wednesdays. So let me but- pause you right here. You said Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. and I was a Sunday, Monday kid too while my mom was alive. Did you go to Abop? I did. So for those of us who don't Monday know, Abop <laughs> is the inspiring body of Christ Church under Pastor Ricky G. Rush. Mm-hmm. My mom was, well, my aunt was one of the founding members of IBOT way back in 1992. My mom joined in 1993. And then I was baptized in like, yeah, on Buckner. I went to the kids' church in the separate building. Yeah, yeah, that was, I was there. That's why I know my books of the Bible. Just to throw that out there. It's why I can tell you. Okay. It was convicted. Okay, okay. I'm going a, I'm to a let you keep going. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we, we were every Sunday and Monday, and I know traditionally people have their Bible studies on Wednesday. I black is completely different. We had Sunday service, then we had Monday school. Um, and for me, even after my mom decided to, you know, join another ministry, I just being me, even through my college year, just still drove 
all the way out to Westmoreland and went to, you know, church every Sunday, every Monday, you know. And for me, um, you learn a lot about Christ by finding out what it is not, right? You find out a lot about love by experiencing what it is not. And I think for me, for a long time, me and much like other people, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, you go out of routine. You go because, well, my big mama did it, my mama did it, my auntie mm-hmm. did it, now I'm just doing it, right? But there's no real connection, no real relationship there. And sometimes, like you said, it takes you going through something for you to really be like, all right, I'm bowing out, God. I don't, I don't know what's going on. So here I am. What you got for me? You know what I mean? And it kind of starts from there. Yeah. Right. That's so I know just for me growing up in Abak, and I went to Abak until I was 12. Mm-hmm. And then if you if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, my mom passed away when I was 12. And so then I shifted to my grandma's church, which we went to because it I mean, my grandma was a member there for 30 plus years. My mom grew up in that church. And so we went there, you know, on, you know, pastor's anniversary and an evening church. And anytime we were with my grandma on the weekend. Like she was also a church and she was church every day. Like we, that's when we became Sunday, Monday, like Sunday all day. You get there at 730 and you leave at five. And yeah. you had a deaconess meeting on Monday, choir practice on Tuesday, Bible study on Wednesday, kids meeting on Friday and sometimes Saturday. And if you needed an extra praise and worship rehearsal on Saturday and we were going to be involved, you was going to do either the choir or the usher board. You had to pick. She didn't care which one, but you was going to be a part of a ministry. So so we were in that church. So I grew up in Abak. That's where I got my Christian foundation. And when I lost Christ and then came back to him, which was around the same time that I joined VOC, I went back to Abak and I started going to Abak again as a young adult, which is totally different. You receive God differently. But I learned so many of the basics. And once I finished college, I had to tell the people around me, I couldn't go to Abak anymore. And it wasn't about Pastor Rush. It wasn't about Abak, the church. I just felt like the ministry that is Abak was more for beginning Christians. And it was very good at teaching the basics and giving you the fundamentals, but it didn't like, once you have those and you understand the basics, I needed to progress in God. And I didn't feel like Abak was the place for me to do that. And I had some family members that were a little upset when I said that, because it sounds like an insult, but for me, it's not an insult. I think Abak is the best starter church in the DFW. Right. Because some everybody can't understand what Pastor Jakes is talking about because he's he's very advanced. Right. Pastor Rush keeps it real simple and he explains it for everybody. And I think everybody needs that when they're starting off. So what what was your experience like with Abak as you got older? Because I know you said you went even through college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, so I joined, uh, we moved to Texas probably in 97 and I think probably 98, 99, we joined Abak. Um, so we've seen the whole evolution of the church starting from Buckner to being Westmoreland to what it is now. Um, for me, I got I actually baptized much, much later. Um, I think I got probably baptized probably 20, 2007, I guess, when it was just, you know, from 
Buckner Church to the Westmoreland Church, right? Um, and where they were moving the children's college to the second church. And so for me, it was just about still just going, right? If I'm being honest, I had experienced things in my life. But for me, it was a way of me just kind of keeping in touch with God, doing my day, my weekly check-ins and stuff like that. Um, and me, it was it was much the same of what you were saying, like, it's a great starter church, right? Because what I love and admire about Pastor Rush is that he's going to break that thing like a fraction. Like a kid is going to be able to go home and tell you what they learned at church. And I love that. However, you can only eat on baby food so much before you start craving a steak. And I went, and I think it was probably 2017-ish, um, or probably the end of 2017 that I decided to go where my mother was going. And I love how she was treated there. Not to say she was mistreated at IBOC, but I just love how close knit um, her relationship with God was there, but not her church family there, you know, IBOC is hundreds and hundreds of people, right? And it's, it's rare to have a very close relationship with the pastor and where my mom was going, everybody knew everyone. You had a relationship with everyone. I love that for her. So if you're taking care of my mom, I got to see what this is about, you know? Mm -hmm. And I left there and I went to her church, Abundant Life Church, with Pastor Lafayette Kelly um, here in Arlington. And I went there for about a year before I actually joined. But it was more important for me to understand, like, how can I grow as a Christian? You know, I'm, I'm here. I'm getting the word. It's great. I understand it's broken down for me. I can explain this to someone else. But I'm not reaching my peak. I'm not reaching my, you know, dare I say it, breakthrough with this moment. Okay, look, I got the steps when it's happening. But when I get to this rut, what do I do? You know, and for me, it just kind of fell flat for me. Um, I still love IBOC. I still love Pastor Rush. I just had to get to a point where I feel like I needed to graduate to the next level. And I wasn't necessarily getting that there. Um, and I think that for me was really the shift in my spiritual life altogether. Um, just being a Christian, but also learning that there's more to it, right? Um, I'll be transparent and tell myself, I am a Christian, but I don't know every book of the Bible. Can't tell you the, you know, quote of scripture off the bat. Can't tell you the order. You know, I know there are 66 books of the Bible, but as far as the order and stuff like that, I just wasn't that kid and for me it was more important to understand God versus just reading about him it's like I want to experience um him for myself you know what I mean and right. it took me kind of, like you said kind of leaving the church a little bit to understand what God really is versus what he is not right so, yeah. right and I definitely understand that it's the importance of having a relationship with God versus just being practicing the religion of Christianity mm -hmm. yes. that was really big for me so I've said on this podcast a bunch of times through college like the end of high school early college I tried other religions not because I didn't believe in Christianity I didn't believe in God but just because I wanted to make sure that I loved God because I loved God and not because my parents and my grandparents loved God. I wanted right. to build that relationship. I wanted to really believe, not just say I believe. Right. And you can't do that. Like, I know I don't like, well, I didn't, I didn't know I liked asparagus, 
until I tried asparagus. And I was like, oh, I like asparagus. Right. I didn't know I liked broccoli until I tried broccoli. And it's like, oh, right. broccoli's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But I think not just me, there's a lot of us who are in our age bracket who were forced to go to church and forced to practice the religion of Christianity, but we weren't given the opportunity to build a relationship with God. And so for me, that's what really got me back into church is Mm -hmm. outside of church, I started building a relationship with God. I started Mm -hmm. talking to him or praying. I started trying to understand what he was saying in the Bible. And I started, I really started questioning the Bible. Like, I know it says this here, but it also says this here. And both of these things can't be true at the same thing at the same time. So what is it? And I would start, I mean, it did cause me to go, like you said, shift down to a smaller church because it, I mean, when we were at Buckner, I know for a fact, my mom could call pastor rush and he would respond. And he did. I mean, there were several times I was bad at school and he came to my house and gave me words. So I know for a fact when we were a smaller church, but as you grow and now it's hundreds of thousands of people, he can't do that for everybody. And it's not like his assignment isn't to reach each individual. That's not his assignment. His assignment, if I believe he's following and I, I mean, you don't get this type of growth without God. So he must be following his assignment, his assignment is to reach the masses. Right. But I was just one of the masses. So right. I had to go to a smaller church where I could text my pastor and my pastor would respond. And right. so that's what I started doing. And that's when I started to build a relationship. So what was that like for you? How did you shift from um, practicing the religion as a child and young adult to really building a relationship with God? Um. Ooh, here's where it gets real, right? So after uh, departing from Ibach, um and being at Abundant Life Church, I went there probably a year or so and some months. And I didn't leave the church. The pandemic happened. And so everything was via streaming, online, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, it also was an awakening for me. Um, I consider myself still a Christian, um, not a not a non-denominational Christian. I can't talk today, um, but I have since then tapped more into spirituality, mm-hmm. and it's not to say I've denounced Christianity because that would be absurd. But for me, I think for me, it's stripping away all the borders and and boxes that kind of keep you right here. Mm-hmm. when it comes to religion, especially Christianity. And I've learned to really tune in with God and what my purpose is on this side. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that's an unpopular thing to say. I still love God. I still pray. I still believe. I still believe that, you know, he sits his some down here. But I think there's much more that God would love us to be and walk in. Like, I feel like he's given us power and authority to be much more powerful than what we act like, right? Mm -hmm. We are, you know, gifted, I would say, with adversity, right? Because I feel like we're made in his likeness and his image, but we don't act or move like it. You know, Mm -hmm. the minute something happens, we, oh God, here we go. 
And I feel like those are opportunities for us to really tap into what he truly wanted us to be. Um, going back to the Bible where, you know, we know that God sent his son down here to, you know, die for our sins. But I also feel like outside of what we've been taught, I feel like that was also an example of our divinity. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're made in his likeness and image, um, I would say that that also makes him omnipresent. Right. I feel like it also makes him respectfully genderless because if you are made in his image and I am made in his image, then who is God? You know what I'm saying? Right. And I feel like we're made in his likeness. I'm just a smaller G. That's it. If he's given me power and authority to speak life over mm-hmm. things, right? You know, you get what I'm you get what I'm saying? The power and authority of it. And I think for me, it's it's learning more so of that instead of just being in this box where it's like I'm being, I'm having this carrot kind of dangled in front of me and then, oh, come back next week and I'll give you the rest of it. And it's like, no, I need to kind of understand this right now. I need to understand God right now. I want to really, really build and understand you know, who he is or she is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I really started tapping into that for me, understanding who I was as a person and the things that I was experiencing through the pandemic, I would say it was probably another dark period of me, right? It was a lot of uncertainty. We had this global pandemic going on, this virus that no one's ever heard or seen of. Mm-hmm. And it caused a lot of people to run to their faith and it caused a lot of people to run away from their faith. And I was in the middle, you know, God, I, I know you have your people's back. I know you guys protected and I know you not to lie, but what's going on, Jesus? <laughs> we are <Do> <laughs> what's going on, you know, and, and, and it sent me into a spiral and um, nobody really knows this, but when I would host quarantine karaoke, I stopped for that very reason. I was dwindling mentally like God, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, is this the end of it all? Like, and I know that I'm a Christian. I know I'm saved and I've accepted you as my Lord and Savior. But I feel like very, very far from you. I, I feel like kind of out of reach. And I had to figure out how to find that center again. And I think for me, it just took me stepping outside of the borders uh, in the building, which is a church, and really know and understand for myself what he is. Um, and I think I'm still on that journey. I have not and will never denounce Christianity. I still consider myself Christian. I'm just learning more than what I've just been spoon fed. And I think that for me, it took a lot of maturity versus just going every Sunday. Mm-hmm. I had to be like, okay, cool. You know, I'm good for today, but I'm not lasting the rest of the week. Right. You know, here comes Tuesday, something happens. And I feel like I'm, I'm back on my face again, instead of going back to the tools that I've, that I've gradually picked up as a young adult. And now I can use, I just heard someone say the difference between knowledge and wisdom is knowledge is what you gain. Wisdom is what you do with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning to operate in wisdom. I've been given all the tools, use it. Cause when my mom's not here no more, I can't call on her to be like, mom, I need to pray for me. I got to understand what it is and go to God for myself. And that's where I'm at. It's going to God for myself. No middleman. No, you know, pulpit is just me communicating and communing with God in a real and authentic way. No veils, no, you know, blockages. So, yeah. I think, and I'm going to slow you down because I think when you talked about how you did quarantine karaoke and you had to stop doing it because you started feeling far away from God. Mm -hmm. And I know, and I feel like I've told you this before, 
quarantine karaoke, quarantine karaoke for me and for other people that I know who who sat in on it, who participated, because you you gave us a spot to meet like-minded people. Like I've met people in quarantine karaoke that literally don't live in our, live in our country, let alone right. my state. Right. And we've gotten to have conversations and build friendships based on it. But I know that there are people who sat in quarantine karaoke and it was every time we sat there, we heard a message from God. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't. Let me be clear. It wasn't. It wasn't me stepping away. Poor God. It was stepping away because I literally was spiraling mentally, right. like the uncertainty of it. Like God, I haven't done any of the things I've aspired or desired to do, mm-hmm. and it was me literally falling into a depression. I had a job that was stable, but I hated the company that I worked for. Mm-hmm. I'm in a global pandemic and I'm not really sure how this virus is working. And my next is taking out people left and right. And so it wasn't leave, me leaving for God because I still would be doing quarantine karaoke, right. but it was me being mentally, emotionally, physically exhausted. You know what I mean? Every Thursday was me getting off at five, finding a little space to eat something and then getting on there to the wee hours of the night. I love quarantine karaoke. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was even a time when I thought I would come back, but I feel like, especially now, everybody has spread their wings from that idea. Mm-hmm. And again, I can't pour from an empty cup. I love the space it created. I love that people found a safe space to be in. Um, but I was also hurt with doing that too, you know, because I was kind of pouring and it was the love that I was receiving. But once that stopped, all that love stopped. And so it mm-hmm. was me spiraling back into that dark place. Like, man, where is everybody at? You know what right. I mean? And I mean, the the DM stopped. The love stopped. People unfollowed me. There was talks. Of, oh, she's just doing this because she did it. And it's like, let me make it very clear. I haven't advanced in any way by right. not doing it, it was literally a personal choice and it's it's something that I had to kind of think and reflect over like do I want to walk away from this I've created the space I don't want to abandon people but mm-hmm. I am suffering mentally here you know and I didn't know how to put that out there and explain to people like yeah I'm putting on this mask for you guys and I'm happy and I'm supportive of, of everybody's you know um journey with you know expressing themselves creatively but I can't even be here physically present with you guys because I'm mm-hmm. so in a dark like there's a dark cloud over me right now and I don't know how to shush it away and so for me um what I wish at that time was that maybe I would have stuck with it and maybe I would have you know been able to kind of find myself out of it but I just didn't see a means to an end and so therefore I stepped away from it um I do hope that people do see God in the opportunity that was created and then go mm-hmm. on and do their own thing. You know, I do understand there were a lot of people that um, their intention was to be discovered in some way. And hey, I, I appreciate you think that I have some upper hand. That's beautiful. But what I hope that it did do was inspire you to move forward. Cause mm-hmm. quarantine care, it was just a space. Right. I, I, or my, you know what I mean? It was a space, but outside of that, go and do it. You have a village of people that's cheering you on and supporting you. When you decide to go forward, I can only do so much. I can grant you the platform, but spread your wings. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and it goes back to what I was saying about being inside the church. 
I love the space he created for me to learn about God and commune with people who also love God. But it was time for me to leave the nest. And I still go and visit churches ever so often. Because like I said, I'm not not a Christian anymore. I'm still a Christian. But Mm -hmm. for me, it's about stripping all the, you know what I'm saying, the Mm -hmm. the production of it and really get down to the meat and potatoes of it. Like, who is God? Who am I to God? You know, who am I as a being, as a human being? I understand that I'm a spirit having a human experience. What does that mean? hearing that all the time and it not being an actual cliche you know what I mean so mm-hmm. it was all of those things right and I so what I was getting to with quarantine karaoke is that I think it's amazing that you recognized in the moment this part of it like what I'm doing now this part of it is now pulling on me like it, it it's adding to my mental distress Mm-hmm. It, it's taking away from who I think I'm supposed to becoming become because it's no longer feeding me. When mm-hmm. you started it, it was feeding you. Like, mm-hmm. that's why you started it. But just because God tells you to do something now doesn't mean he wants you to do it forever. Absolutely. And yeah. so I think for you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just listening to you explain it, you ended it and didn't restart it because First, God hasn't told you to restart it. And because it was just a seasonal thing, like literally the season of the pandemic, but it wasn't supposed to be for everybody forever. It was, this is the time I need Derricka Booker to start quarantine karaoke so that these 500 people can meet each other, can, so that this one person, I think six, I've seen six or seven different people who have been on quarantine karaoke who mentioned on Quarantine Karaoke that they just kind of sing for fun or they don't really sing in front of people, but now have EPs out. Mm -hmm. Now are doing live shows. Right. Like, didn't recognize the fulfillment of their talent and how much talent they had until they got on Quarantine Karaoke and 40 people were like, oh my God, you sound amazing. You really do this, yeah. And I think that, like, what you did is, like, a testimony is the status or the role, that's what the suffix money, M-O-N-Y means. It means it's a status or role of being a test. So it's not supposed to last forever. Things that have roles end. Like when you're an actor and you play a role, you want that person. Because when actors become that person, they usually die. Heath Ledger, Jack Sparrow, like they are Heath Ledger as the Joker. Like if you take that role on, you don't survive it because you, you are the character. And so you took quarantine karaoke and you let it do what it was supposed to do. And when you realized that God's hand was no longer on it, you moved on. How, and I can relate to that because during quarantine karaoke, remember I started a school and it, it was good. Like the school to this day is still running and is being effective and is doing what it's supposed to do. But I had to recognize that my time at the school was over because it was now pulling on me mentally. And what I started it for, I did my part. Like Mm -hmm. I played my role, but now it's time for me to move on to the next season and get to the next spot and do the next thing. And that may last a long time. That may also just be seasonal. And so what was it like for you coming to that conclusion? Because I know for me, it was depressing. It was Mm -hmm. incredibly sad. It hurt. Because I felt like I was quitting. I felt like I was leaving people. I felt like I was abandoning my pet project, something I created 
I was no longer going to be there to help sustain it. And yeah. if it failed, it was going to be my fault for leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was it like for you to start quarantine karaoke, see it become successful and then realize, okay, because this is hurting me, I have to leave. Right. Well, <clears throat> It's funny you mentioned that because the whole purpose of quarantine karaoke, if to know me and know me real life is know that I was a serious, serial karaoke goer, like mm-hmm. going maybe two, three times a week to physical karaoke with my karaoke family. Um, and so when everything was shut down, I was like, well, how can we still do, you know, how can I still link with my family? And it started out on Facebook. However, Facebook at the time had stopped you from going live with someone. And so that's the only reason why it ended up on Instagram. Um, and I did not plan for it to go where it went. It just literally spiraled out of, you know, into this wildfire. And even in the moments of getting ready to leave, I was getting offers, like offers to expand it, offers to take it to a network, offers people wanted to come in and collab with me. But for me, something in my discernment was just kind of like, um, it's not that right? This is not a game show. This is not a, you know, it's not the voice for American Idol where we're, you know, yes, this is a safe space for some, for people to be in a space where they're not being judged for being creative. The world is already your biggest enemy. If you're trying to sing, if you're trying to songwrite, trying to dance or be anything in fashion, the world is already, you know, dragging you. And I just wanted to create a safe space where people can still do that with like-minded individuals. And I knew that the people that were coming to me with these offers didn't have that in mind. You know what I mean? It was an opportunity to explode because, oh my God, you saw Billy Porter and then Cynthia Revo and, and, and Lisa Waithe and all these people chiming in, like, this is what I gotta be a part of. And it's like, it's not that though. Um, leaving it, it was heartbreaking. And I think it was more heartbreaking that I felt like people, felt like that I abandoned them, you know, especially when I put out my own music, it was like, oh, well, that's what, that's what it was about right there. Right. And it's like, it wasn't that at all. I love the space that I created, but my only hope with leaving was that, A, I could be in a safer space and a healthier space mentally. And that that would be a launching pad for you to take off, create the albums and EPs, create the, you know, the schools and the platforms and the, you know, now I see everybody stepping into the things that they were doing. They weren't doing three years ago that they're doing now. That's amazing. You know, and if quarantine karaoke helped in any way, I God bless you. And I hope that that continues to work for you. For me, um, it wasn't even necessarily profoundly rooted in spirituality it just became a spiritual thing like you said there were messages of hope and people you know giving encouraging words and scriptures and saying all these beautiful things and you know when people felt like oh it was going to explode then everybody had all these words for me but when I was literally drowning mentally it was Mm -hmm. like it was only during the quarantine hours it was only during when I was live there was no outside of that it was just me and I'm like, okay, girl, we got to we got to get into this mental hospital and really, really figure it out. Um, because I was just scared. I'm like, God, this can't be it. This can't be the how life ends. And I haven't done any of the things I wanted to do, you know. And that's why that following uh, December, I put out my first debut because it was just me proving to myself I could really do this. 
right? Mm-hmm. It was me shooting my shot. Like, okay, this is how the world is going to end. I'm not leaving this world without saying that I haven't at least tried, right? right. Um, and it took God doing that. I eventually found a healthy space and I had people outside of quarantine care or who knew me outside of quarantine karaoke that were, you know, guidance counselors, if you were, they, they were my Ayala, you know, they were there mm-hmm. with me, going through it with me like, hey, you don't have to feel scared. The world is not ending. I'm here with you. I understand you're uncertain, just like the rest of the world is. Don't feel like you're crumbling by yourself. I'm here, you know, and I had to have talks with people because I really felt bad. I felt like I abandoned people. I felt like I abandoned this safe space that people could run to when they were facing the world of uncertainty along with along with me, you know, Um Looking back on it, I feel like I created a lot of enemies because they felt mm-hmm. like I left. Um, and that hurt my feelings. And it almost sent me back into a spot. I was like, well, that's not what I wanted. I wanted people mm-hmm. to feel like they were seen and heard yeah. and that they can have the space to be whatever they want to be creatively. I know we had people that had different types of um, physical and mental disabilities and they could come to the show and express themselves and not be laughed at like they would anyone else. I treasure that with my whole heart, but I just was not in a place to continue it on and still remain me. It would have gotten to a point where it would just become just a chore, something I was just mm-hmm. doing, you know? Um, and I'll tell myself for a little bit, but the episode where Cynthia got on, mm-hmm. um, it's so funny that that's happening because it was the day before I was going back home and I'm literally going back home this weekend. Um, but nobody noticed. I was just so down on that episode. Like I didn't want to lock in. I was like, okay, let me, let me put it on for these people. Cause this is a place where everybody's, everybody's looking forward to Thursday night, you know? Mm-hmm. And seeing her on there was like, okay, and we back, you know, her <laughs> just speaking life into me. was just kind of like, oh my God. And I still was in a space where I was like, okay, this is this is a good moment. It's not going to last forever. I, nothing's happening from this moment. It's just a really great moment. But outside of that really great moment, I had to find a way to still go on from that. You know, I can only replay that moment so many times before I really fix what was wrong. You know what I mean? So, yeah. That, you said so many things in there that I want people to pull from. The first one was that you had offers to make quarantine karaoke, which was, we haven't described what quarantine karaoke is yet for those <laughs> people who, so she would, on Thursday nights, she would go live on Instagram. And I mean, I remember the first few times it was eight, nine people, nine, 10 people. And then I want to say the first person to come on that made it really big was, um, what? not Nancy, <clears throat> that's not her name. Cynthia Revo. Okay, Cynthia Revo. But what's and funny, she- there were people that would sneak in that nobody knew. Like Samoa right. had snuck in one night, Giveon had snuck in mm-hmm. one night, all these people, but it was like, you know. But they're not just- saying anything or requesting to join and right. all. So she had these stars in the music industry who were showing up, watching, being a part, taking part. And then she had offers to make it bigger. And we're human. We like money. We like celebrity. We like attention. And so as 
as a human, I'm sure there were parts of you that were like, you want to take this little thing that I started with my friends and make it a big thing. That's a great offer. But my question is, are there still moments where you're like, I probably should have took that offer because now I'm broke. And I don't know that you're broke. I'm not saying she's broke, y'all. I don't know. I know I'm broke. I don't know if she's, but- We're not broke like, either. We're not gonna see none of that. Like know. I could have been, I could have been famous. I could have had a multi-million dollar contract. I could have been on this network or that network and rubbing elbows with these people. Are there moments where you still feel that? Uh, no, because it wasn't that. I wish it was in the multi-million dollars. Then we would have been talking about something <laughs> different. Um, it was literally people that had just a little bigger platform that I had in, but I knew instinctively that like, these are people that are wanting to attach themselves to something because they see the people that are chiming in. It was never to grow quarantine karaoke so more people can have an opportunity to express themselves, create. It was never that. It was right. literally, we can put this on a network and a network can pick us up and we can make this karaoke. See, now it's just karaoke for you. Mm-hmm. And it was much deeper than just singing. And that's why I wanted people to come in like, hey, this is a judgment-free zone. You can sing, you can dance, you can twerk, you can do poetry, whatever. This is literally a space for people to express themselves however they see fit. You're seeing this as a means to create a karaoke show. Mm-hmm. It's funny, I got an email from Fox and it wasn't anything tied to karaoke, uh, quarantine karaoke, but they were doing, um, I can see your voice. Before that was a show, I got an email about that, um, about auditioning for the show. And I was just like, And it was the same thing with Songland with, Mm -hmm. um, what's her name? Uh, She wrote for Rihanna. She's like, oh, her voice is right there. Her face is right there. I can't even think about what her name is. But it was before that show, I had gotten an email about that. But I'm like, I'm going to sign or collab with these people who want to make this a big karaoke show. Right. That's not what this is. It is a safe space. And it emphasis, and I know people are tired of me hearing safe space, but that's what it was. It was a space for people to just be themselves. I'll never forget one of my friends on there was like, I went on somebody else's show and there were so many people that laughed at me and talked about me. Even the people that were hosting, they were giving me critique about my voice. And at that point, I felt like, you know, I felt really humble and I felt really small. And I appreciate what quarantine karaoke is up because nobody's judging me. They're just letting me be me. Mm-hmm. And it hurt me that she had to go somewhere else to try to find that, you know. But I knew those people that were asking me, they weren't asking me for the sake of, let's create a bigger safe space. For them, it was just, let's create a bigger karaoke show. You know, because it was one conversation and one conversation only. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no follow-up. There was no talks on how we can expand and reach out to more people who want to just have a place to just be themselves it was never that it was how can we make this a bigger and better karaoke show how can we get on networks how can we do that it was monetary Mm -hmm. and the relationship we built with those people even to this day one of my best friends I met through quarantine karaoke I never would have met him outside of that there are people who I met across the world you know and hopefully one day I'll get to meet them in person but those relationships and that rapport that I built with people is priceless. 
You know what yeah. I mean? Because we still respect, we reflect on those moments. And I think that discernment on your part is is truly a gift from God to know what I've created is a safe space for people. And y'all, it truly, truly was. Like, I don't, I cannot remember a time where anybody laughed at anybody singing or rapping or doing a poem or whatever, because you came in and it was just a time for you to release. Mm -hmm. And there were people who were writing their own songs or doing, and you just release. And then mm-hmm. you sit and you watch other people release and you you connect emotionally and spiritually with people who are in a moment when there isn't any time to, or ability to connect because we're all quarantining. Yeah. And it was so amazing to hold that space for that time. And so you recognizing, making this bigger than what it is, making it bigger, making it a I need you to make sure you have the same morals and values for the show that I started it with, or I can't do that. And I feel like there's a lot of people and there may be people out there right now who are doing things and they're recognizing I'm going to have to lose this moral or this value in order to move to the next level. And that's just not true because if you have to lose your morals and values to move to the next level, first, you're really not moving to another level. You're moving out. But even more than that, you're, if you have to do that, it's not worth it because what makes it special for you is probably why you started it. And so if you change the why behind it, it's not the same thing. The product is different. Yeah. So, so moving on from quarantine karaoke, you leave that, you find this new, and I've, I mean, it's crazy to say this, but we've known each other a decade. Yeah. And so I've I've always thought you had this amazing amount of confidence and just like you you just have this just I can't even think of another word other than just confidence and just that an aura of grace and just a presence of love and like I know who I am. How where does that come from? Oh, that's such a great question. <laughs> Like, I almost got, like, Misty, you asking me that. Uh, God. From God. Ooh. Let me tell you something. Um, It's what they call confidence. It is. I have created a lot of enemies by just stepping into finally what I feel like God has called me to be regardless of whatever I'm doing um contrary to popular belief I'm a super shy person I really really am like I love people I'm a people person I'm a social butterfly those things I don't know a stranger um but sometimes I get really shy believe it or not um and when I started kind of even with my own EP people were very like (gasps) and it was kind of like it's not even necessarily the content of what I'm talking about it's just doing it um I created a lot of enemies from just finally walking into authentic confidence because there was time where I wasn't confident you know being a black woman being a big black woman being a big black queer woman like it it created a lot of enemies like me just being myself and just 
growing into being a free person, it created a lot of enemies and it was heartbreaking. I'm like, what did I do to these people? Mm-hmm. But it's the, I will make a table in front of thy enemies. It was that. And I'm like, God, why does everybody seem like they just, what did I do to these people? And like, mm-hmm. if I did something, let me point it out, make it clear, make it plain so I can make these things right. Right. Cause it speaks, it speaks on making things right. Um, but the confidence you see and the confidence that I'm now rebuilding is really all God. Um, he would not create me to be meek. So why would I walk meek? Why would I walk with my head down when I really know who my father is? And I know how hard he really rides for me, how he will spin the black when it comes to me. Why would I walk with my head down? You know, mm-hmm. but when you walk in such authority, people A, are going to recognize it like that. And people are going to feel like, oh, well, she's very arrogant or he's very full of himself or very sure of himself or that. And it's literally all God. I didn't get here by my own doing. I got here because I'm like, you know what, what does the word says that I am? Who does God say that I am? And it's just that whatever facet of art or entertainment or creativity I decide to get into, I'm just going to follow suit what God is going to allow me to do and Mm -hmm. walk in the boldness of it. If you go into a meeting and your objective is to walk out pitching your business to these people and you go in, well, well, I would love for you guys to, you know, write me a check of $10,000. They're going to shoot you out the building. But if you go in there like, this is my business. This is what I can offer. This mm-hmm. is how I'm collecting my community. This is how I can better my community. This is how I can grow your money that you're investing back to me. They're going to be listening. And all that confidence really and truly does come for God. Even when I have moments of being um, insecure or self-conscious, I literally go to God and be like, you didn't call me to be this. You called me to be this. God, let me walk boldly. Help me to be more like you in the sense of I'm going to walk in these rooms. Even the rooms that I'm not entered in, I know that my name is in. So when I, you know, when time catches up with us up and I'm filing those rooms, people are going to know exactly who it is, who she is, who he is. You know, all that is God, literally, literally. Yes. And I love that you mentioned meekness because that was in a different series that I did on the podcast. It was over the fruits of the spirit. And I didn't know what meekness was. Like we had never learned about that in church. And that that goes back to, you know, being brought up in Abak, which is like a beginner church. Meekness is not a beginner fruit of the spirit. Love is a beginner fruit. Patience, those are beginner fruit spirits. But meekness is one of those advanced, that's like AP course in Christianity, being meek. Because you can very quickly fall into believing that being meek also means being weak or being shy or being left behind or being put back. But meekness is just power under control. It's like, it's, it's understanding I can, but I don't have to. Yeah. I have, I have the authority, but that doesn't mean I have to use that authority. I have, I have the power, but not the authority is even better. Like, because I can do all things through Christ, but that doesn't mean Christ wants me to do all things. Right. And so just even that you mentioned, I don't, I I can be meek, but I don't have to walk around with my head down. I can, I can just be who God created me to be. And that's, I mean, the first, 
either three or four. I can't remember how many episodes of this series we've done. I'm sorry, y'all. But <laughs> the first set of episodes from this series, we talk about my sexuality and how how that affected my life as a Christian, which affected my life as a human. Because they tell me, they 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 brought me up with God created you in his likeness. Mm-hmm. And then they tell you, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are all sinners. We are born sinners. And then mm-hmm. they tell me, well, you couldn't be born with that sin, the sin that you have, because mm-hmm. that's not of God. That's an abomination. And God wouldn't create you with that sin. But he did create everybody else with their sin. And right. so you're going to go to hell for yours, but everyone else is going to be forgiven for theirs. Right. And that affected me in a way that made me say, okay, well, if God, just, if God is that judgmental, then that's not a God I can be a part of. Let me go find a God that is going to accept me because I've tried to change me. Mm-hmm. I don't have the ability to change me. Right. As much as people want to tell you, you can change who you are. No, you can't. You cannot right. change who you are. You are going, you can accept who you are. You can, you can perfect who you are. You can try to smooth the edges around who you are, but who you are at your core is who you are because it's who God created you to be. And that's where my Godfidence, I love that girl. I'm putting it on a shirt, I promise. And I'm a, I'm a steal it. I, I suggest you go <laughs> so, uh, get a patent on that. Because if not, somebody is taking that. They're going to make some money from it. But well, that Godfidence, <laughs> it just, it is, it comes from saying, no, no, no. God did create me to be who I am. God created me exactly how I am and how I am is in his image. Now, do I always do things that are pleasing to him? No, because I'm imperfect. Right. But who I am, loving, kind, generous, those are who I am. That's yeah. who he wants me to be. Right. Including the sin. Right. Because that that's the fall from grace. We all, everybody since Adam and Eve have been born in sin. All of us. And so we have to accept that Jesus died for that. There's right. nothing we can do about it other than try to steer away from it, ask God for forgiveness, try to get better, try to be, try to create a relationship with him to where he changes us into being who he wants us to be because we don't have the ability to do so individually. And so I love that you brought that up, but even more than that, just how do you, how do you toe that line of being, how do I want to phrase this? How do you, how do you accept that I have these enemies, but I'm not going to let them steal my shine i'm not gonna let them break my soul come on um god god gave me a purpose way before anybody had an opinion on who i was Mm. and how i choose to live um but i really want to go back real quick on what you just said um as far as like the sin part and i always oppose this question not to be challenging or condescending but i just i just want to oppose a question for people to just think and really study to show themselves approved right If God died for sin, there was no specific sin. He just died for sin. Um, And if he knew me before I was even in my mother's womb, he's the alpha and omega. He knows all things. He sees all things. 
Talk about it. Talk about it. Are you then saying that he did not see who I was today, the choices I was going to make, even with me knowing God and knowing that, 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 you know what I mean? Um, There's a guy and show me, I'm going to send it to you and hopefully you can use it for another segment. But there was a guy who said he had um, an encounter with God. I think he, I think he died for a minute. But one thing he knows about God, he said, all the things that you know been taught about God are not wrong. It's just a different variation of what it really is. And what I know and what I witnessed God to be is just love. That's it, right? So when we're told he died for sin, he literally died for sin. Because, baby, me as a pescatarian, for eight, almost nine months, baby, I'd have eaten all kinds of shellfish. Understand what I'm saying? Um, I have, you know, cursed <laughs> against my neighbor a whole lot of times. You know what I mean? I have not turned the other cheek when I was presented the opportunity to clearly turn the other cheek. You know what I'm saying? I have intentionally and unintentionally sin but what i have learned what sin really is is sin against myself so if i'm created in god's likeness and image and i do wrong against myself that is the real sin Mm -hmm. going against what i know to be true right speaking ill of myself speaking um downward on myself that's why i said don't call yourself broke because that in itself is a sin understand what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. Even if I don't have the funds, I tell people, baby, it's just up and coming. It's just on the way. That's all it is. It may not be in my account, but it's just on the way. Because God would never see me to be without. And not just monetary, but just anything. I see myself in my two-story luxurious loft downtown somewhere. That's already mine. It's not a question of whatever, whatever. Because just like he came down here and died for sin, God knew what it was before it even happened. And I want people to oppose. Don't be so stuck on the sin but love the sinner because that's what he's also called us to do is love mm-hmm. our neighbor and he wasn't specific on which neighbor to love and that doesn't just mean the person next door in my apartment that means the person who's in proximity to me i'm in proximity to you you're not physically right here but you're here with me and so i'm called to love you and i think we lose that so much um but to answer your question um god has purposed me for greater versus what everyone else to say before anybody could formulate an opinion or thought about who I was, who I should be. God purposed me for this. Even God had enemies. Even Jesus had enemies. And all he did was come down here and tried to help us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whenever you are being authentically yourself, whether that's what God called you to be or what you're choosing to be, I feel like there are, there are, um, there's no way of building enemies because what you choose to do with your life is no fault to anyone else hating you or disliking you. It has nothing to do with you. And I realize that me and the enemy, I say it lightly, the enemies I've created by just being myself, it's not because of what I've done. It's what those people have chosen to feel about me. And that's not my business. Right. You know what I mean? God mm-hmm. has seen me doing this in these spaces. There were spaces that were literally handed to me. TMZ came out of nowhere. That didn't come from a broadcast degree. That came from like her right there. Out of thousands of people on Twitter, me, right? And so that, even me, I was like, I know that's nothing with God. And for me, 
I sometimes get tripped over by my words. I have a lisp and I'm like, yeah, he, he chose people to speak and lead people with even with a speech impediment. So why can't you be also qualified? And that's what I keep in mind. Not the enemies, not the quote unquote haters, but what God says that I am. And that's literally what keeps me moving forward. Regardless of what you feel about me, that's not my business. I love you still. And I just continue to move forward. It's hard, but it's worth it. Right. And he, you, one thing that you said, you're 100% right. God did not specify which sin he sent Jesus to die for. Because he died for all of them. But he he did specify which of his commandments Mm -hmm. should be put above all others. He Mm -hmm. did say love is the greatest. And of all these, the greatest of these is love. Mm -hmm. First, love thy neighbor as you love thyself first. And when the man got smart with Jesus and was like, well, who is our neighbor? That's when he told the story of the... um, man the the broke the man that got beat up by the robbers i can't even think of the man's name um (laughs) but the he got beat up by robbers and then the priest walked by him and didn't help crossed to the other side of the street another man came by who had funds crossed to the other side of the street and then a man came by helped cleaned him up gave him a ride to the nearest hotel it wasn't called a hotel in the bible i'm paraphrasing Paid for mm-hmm. the hotel, not just for that night, but for a few nights and told him if in, if he needs anything else, do whatever he needs. If he needs anything else on my next trip through here, I'll pay for it. Just add it to my tab, basically. Right. And then Jesus asked the people, which of these men were the neighbor? And the the men, the, the smart aleck was like, well, it was the guy who helped him, of course. So go be that guy. Go and do likewise. So right. he he tells you. It doesn't matter what the sin is. It doesn't matter who the person is. Your job is to help him. Your job is to make sure that everybody is taken care of. Your job is to love. That is what the number one goal of every Christian, of every human should be, to just love. And that's where Christians get upset. And my podcast is called Sermons to Myself. And I tell people all the time, I'm not a preacher. Uh, while I am, I do have my little certificate so I can marry people. I'm a minister, but I'm not a preacher because I, because there's too many stipulations put on being a preacher, first of all. But even more than that, it's just, I'm going to be who I am. And identifying, and I don't even identify even now as homosexual. I just said, I'm going to be queer. That meaning weird meaning i don't fit into the normal box of whatever stereotypical love looks like right it's just it's too difficult for me to try to figure out all the rules and to figure what you call the person who follows set x set of rules so i just am what are you i love people i love i fall in love with personality first right whatever body that comes in tends to come afterwards and so for me it's okay. Jesus has told us to love each other's spirits, mm-hmm. to love each other's souls. But then when you find this, these two men who fall in love romantically with each other's souls, they're not supposed to be able to please each other's bodies because mm-hmm. that's against the Bible. Okay. Now I'm confused. And well, well, it's a sin. He called it an abomination. Okay. Can you tell me where? And then they mm-hmm. point to the verse and I'm like, okay, well, that's not actually what that word meant when the right. original person wrote it. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's still, but in this translation, God, God blessed the translators just like he blessed the writers. Is that why they took out this whole book simply because it Books. disagreed with their law? Like, mm-hmm. they, like their reason mm-hmm. wasn't because God said it. It was because they had a law in place that benefited them. And mm-hmm. so they took out the book that went against that law. Talk about it. Oh, well, I've never heard that. Oh, okay. So I like, my thing is, I love God. Mm-hmm. And God has proven to me, I, he didn't need to prove nothing to me, but he has proven to me on multiple occasions that he loved me too. Right. And not just that he loves me, but he accepts me. He wants me to be who I am. He wants me to be here on earth mm-hmm. because there were many times where I didn't want to be on earth. And God said, but I still need you there. Mm-hmm. And he, he placed his hand over me. He, he placed mm-hmm. his head of protection, not just around me, but inside me so that I couldn't harm it. Because I think a lot of people, when we talk about the hedge of protection, we, oh, God's going to protect me from others. Mm-hmm. God had to protect Shelman from Shelman on multiple right. occasions. <laughs> and so he placed the hedge of protection inside me and, and let it flow outward to protect right. me from others. So that's my testimony is I can't, I can tell you what God told me. I I can tell you the promises that God has made me. I can tell you the future that God has shown me. What I can't do is tell you what God wants for you. Because at least if he ain't told me, God has told me certain things about my friends Mm -hmm. and people I'm close and people that I wouldn't even call friends, but that he's there's this message isn't for you, Shelman. It's for somebody else, but they're not listening to me right now. And I believe God will do that. But I can't tell you how to live your life. You have to go to God. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's so many Christians who feel like it's their job to tell me how God wants me to live. Really? And, and I've asked, okay, well, when did he tell you that? Because I talked to God this morning and that's just not what he said. And quite frankly, he, he, he warned me to, that I would need to put on my discernment cap today. He didn't tell me why. He didn't tell me when. He said, just walk around with discernment on because you're going to need it today. And I feel like he was warning me about you. Mm -hmm. Not to insult you, but it is what it is. Right. So how do you, because you have a strong gift of discernment and a strong gift of just, I don't even want to call it just a prophetic gift, but you do. You speak life into people and things. Is did you know you had that? Is that like have you always had that? Did that is that something you you pray about or is it just part of your gifting? You know what's what's funny is that we call it a a lot of different things, but it really is just following a hunch. Like mm-hmm. um in, in many different faiths and practices, some will call it intuition, some will call it a gut feeling, some people call it a hunch, some people call it discernment, people call it prophetic envision, some people call it vision. But it really is just following what you feel like is right. For as long as I can remember, I wanted to be on stage. And I was a really, really shy kid. I had no clue how I was going to make that happen. And even still, I'm still fairly shy. But if you give me a mic, I'm getting on a mic and it's a go, you know? And so, I think the best way to answer that is just to go with what you feel like feels the truest and feels the most real to you. Um, Whether it's right or wrong, you did what felt the most authentic. Um, 
going back to when I had the offers, to me, that was just as plain as black and white because you didn't speak any of the language that represented QK. You know what I mean? Um, or even what I en envisioned for it. For me, um, people would find that to be a contradiction. Well, how can you say that? And then you make the kind of music you want to make. Let's be very clear. Um, I am not in any way, form or fashion, this type of artist. I just wanted to prove myself that I can create, that I can learn how to produce and I can write and I can do all these things. What I decided to say is neither here nor there. And so it goes back into just following a hunch. I know I can do X, Y, Z, but the only person who has stood in my way outside of naysayers has been myself. Sometimes we know what it is. We just want to be wrong so bad because when we're right about something, we have to hold ourselves accountable to doing that right thing or to doing or picking that choice or doing that thing, you know? Ooh, but say if that I again, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I go against what I know, if I go against myself, the sin, right? Now, I know that someone, something, God, source is speaking to me and saying, do this. And I go against that. That's the sin. Mm -hmm. I told you what it was. I showed you what it was. I showed you this person wouldn't X, Y, Z. I told you that that opportunity went for you. And you went completely against what I said. That's the sin of it. But when I say, help that person, pray for that person, love that person, do this. And you decide to not do that. That's going to get yourself because I like to think of God as the baker, right? And we are slices of this cake. You can't see the eggs, milk, butter, and sugar. But each one of us has the eggs, butter, milk, and sugar within this, right? If you cut that cake into slices, I don't then lack milk or butter. I still have those ingredients within me, right? So we're all part of this cake. So you are me and I am you, right? Mm -hmm. If we're all creating this image, we're all, you know what I'm saying? So if he tells me to do this or he gives me a hunch or a discernment or my intuition says to do this, I'm going to do just that. I'm going to seek counsel, right? God, I'm unsure. I'm, not, I'm unsure which way to go. I need your guidance. That's when we seek God and we ask, hey, God, it's the right thing to do. Or God, give me a sign or give me a hunch or speak to my third eye intuition, whatever people choose to do. And help me to guide me towards towards making the right thing. That's what it is. You know, um, I'm still growing in my discernment because a lot of times as being a spirit, having a human experience, we don't always want to do the right things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the right things for us um, may not be convinced for somebody else. If I know that you as a person are not right for me in my inner circle, you go against what I stand for, what I'm trying to evolve into. The right thing would be to part from you. But as times as humans, we don't do that because we love this person so much or we want this person around so bad. And that goes against who we are purpose to be and grow and evolve into. Right. So it comes back to constantly seeking wisdom. Right. And applying that wisdom. This is what I know I need to be doing, should be doing. And I'm going to do just that, you know, so I wouldn't I wouldn't um, I, I would I wouldn't respectfully say that I just have some gift of, of prophecy, but I just feel like if I see somebody doing something, I want to be the person that I look for, right? So if I want, if I need an encourager, let me encourage somebody else. That's my only thing. I want to mm -hmm. be the person that God would be proud of. That's all. So me choosing the right thing, 
even in this moments of not feeling good or feeling uncertain, I'm going to do just that. Because mm-hmm. we know what's right. We know what's wrong. It doesn't always feel good to choose, but that's the discernment. It's knowing what's right and what's wrong and then making a choice. So, yeah. Right. And you know what? God has really been working on me, on my self-love, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a people person. I love doing for others. I love giving to others. I love speaking into others and helping other people become who they want to be. Like I tell people all the time, my my why is to help people reach their full full potential. Yes. Um, and so I know that about me, but I will do that at the at the harm of myself. Mm-hmm. I will work so hard for others or give so much to others that I will lack. I will sacrifice mm-hmm. me for the greater good of someone else. Yeah. And God has really in this last year been working on you can't sacrifice you to help others because once you're done, there's no, you're no Mm -hmm. longer helping anybody. You can only help if you're here. You can only help if you have, like you can't give what you don't have. And so in order for you to really be able to help other people, you have to be good. Like you said earlier, you can't fill other people's cup if your cup is empty. Because all you're doing is pouring your air into their air. And now you both have empty cups. And more specifically, he was like, I've been telling you for the last two years, you can't help these people. You can't be around these people. You're not supposed to be. They're not supposed to be in your life. Mm -hmm. Let me rephrase it for you. And he said it clear as day because it woke me up. He said it clear as Let me rephrase it for you, Shelman. It's not that you can't be a part of their life. Or it's not that they can't be a part of your life. You're not supposed to be a part of their life. Mm-hmm. They have something that they have to achieve that you're stopping. Since you right. don't care about you no more. Since you don't care about what I'm telling you to do and what your purpose is. Let me help you help them. Right. You can't be, you're stopping their purpose by being in their life. Right. You think you're helping them, but you're not because they're never going to gain the skills needed for their next level. So they're going to be stuck at this level as long as you're doing the job for them. You have to move out of their way. You're you're playing God for them. They don't they don't believe they need me because they have you. Woo! Yeah. And I, yeah. I literally woke up and said, "But Jesus, I was just trying to help. <laughs> I was just I was just trying to help." And my friend was sitting on the couch. She was like, "Help what? What are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Nothing. I never mind." but I like and I wanted to go right back to sleep and I could not like I had I had to send a message and just be like hey I'm not gonna be able to do this for you anymore mm-hmm. and they were real upset real upset mm-hmm. and they asked why and I didn't have a good reason it wasn't I don't have it it wasn't I don't want to I so I just God said it's time for me to stop that's the reason God said, gave me an instruction and I have to follow through with that. It's, it's that, it's the, it's, that's the discernment, like making the choice. God said this, he told me to do X, Y, Z. And if I want to do A, B, C instead of X, Y, Z, then that's on me. Mm-hmm. But he told me to do this. And I can go right. against that. We both going to be in trouble, you know? And my thing was, I can't explain God told me not to, to someone who doesn't hear from God. Right. Like I, and that's another thing he said, he said, you can't keep 
you can't keep trying to explain God to people who don't have a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. They have to come and build a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. You can help them. You can try to help facilitate that, but you have to move out of the way. You mm-hmm. can't bring God to people because God is not forcing himself on anybody. He will not. And so I can't continue to try to force God on people. Mm-hmm. So when they come to you for help, so I, my prayer time that day, oh, God, what am I supposed to do? I know you said not to do this, but I need mm-hmm. instructions on what to do, not just what not to do. Right. Tell them to pray. What you're doing, tell them to do it. Give them the word that makes sense for them. If they want to meditate instead of pray, let them meditate. Right. If, if they want to do yoga instead of pray, let them do yoga. If they want to chant instead of pray, let them chant. If they mm-hmm. want to do affirmations, let them do affirmations. Mm-hmm. But give, tell them to talk to me because I have instructions for them and they don't involve you. So I'm not giving them to you. Right. And that was so hard for me because I want to do for others. Yeah. I don't care how successful I am. I want to help you become successful. I want you to reach your goal. Even if that means I don't reach mine, that's fine with me. (laughs) And God has really been working on me in the last year to say part of them reaching their goal. Like everybody has a purpose. If one person doesn't reach their purpose, it affects other people not reaching theirs. Part of your purpose is to help other people reach their purpose, of course. Mm-hmm. But you have to reach yours too. You may mm-hmm. have to reach yours first. Mm-hmm. You ha- may have to leave them alone in order to reach yours so that they can see you and want to reach yours as well. Yeah. You, you can't try to drag people along with you because all you're doing is slowing down the process. Right. Cut them off, get to your next place. And I said, okay, fine. Because I, I... I posted on Facebook not too long ago. I don't know anybody that works harder than me. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know a single person on earth that does more with what they have than I do. Right. And I posted it, like one person, maybe two people liked it. And I was going back on Facebook, like, this is profound. I need, why aren't people liking this? I texted my sister, can you see my post? She's like, mm, no. And God <laughs> said to me, I'm not letting you share that with people because that's not a flex. Mm-hmm. It's not a flex that no one else works harder than you. Yeah. You're, you're, you're running and pulling people and pulling things and doing things that I, I want to do them for you. And you're not letting me, Ooh, if you yeah. would stop working so hard, you would be able to get further because you'd be working smarter, not harder. <sighs> Ooh. And I said, okay, well, I'm done posting stuff on Facebook for the next few weeks because I don't want you to come come at me like that no more this week. So I'm over it. And in letting things go, I have found new success in just saying, first, ask when, when people ask me to do things, when I feel the need to do something, God, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. No. But, but I really, really want to, God. Mm-hmm. I really feel like this could further my cause. I feel like this is a good networking event. I feel like this would help. Remember how you said we were supposed to do X, Y, and Z? Well, this is Q, R, S, T, and you. We don't need Q, R, S, T. You just going to skip me from A to X. I don't need, I don't need all them letters in between. Mm-hmm. I feel like these are all the letters that get me from A to X. I don't need them. And right. he will come back and be like, no. 
You gonna right. you gonna jump over all them extra letters and you gonna land on X. Just trust me. And I okay. And and since I've just started saying, okay, it's like I look up and it's like, man, I really thought that was gonna be a problem, and it was not. Right. Oh man, I really thought I was gonna want to have to do that, and I don't want to have to. Or I really thought I was gonna have to be here and here at the same time, but God told me to say no to these people, and now these people are here, and I can reach them all at the same. And it's like, this is so much easier when you just listen to what God is saying. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't clear, keep asking. <laughs> I, and that's what confidence. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, for example, like, do you believe that you are successful? Yes. Cool. So is a man thinking. You uh -huh. think before you are. It's not a matter of how, because you've already said just what it is. I am successful. Some people call it affirmations. Some people go back to the word and say, well, the Bible said that. It's like, yeah, it never says so is a man work it. So is he. So is a man think it. So is he. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember Denzel saying, I'm going to paraphrase. Um, the desires of your heart were given to you by God to show that those things are possible. So if you think, oh, God, I want to be in this car. That's not really you. It's kind of like God just put it on you to ask me for it. I didn't ask you to go and build your credit. I didn't ask you to go get two, three jobs so you can afford to spend. I just told you to ask me for it and believe me for it. That's it. Mm -hmm. You think you want a Benz, you got a Benz. And it's just that. Um, and I'm talking to you because that's me talking to me. Like You hit the nail on the head when you said uh, you doing all these things outside of what I told you to do and trying to figure out how to get there. That's why I can't show you the whole playbook. Mm -hmm. Because you yourself are going to figure out how to get from one end zone to the next end zone. All I just told you was to get on the field. Yeah. I try out. Did I ask you to try out? No. I told you you was a quarterback. Get on the field. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then from there, you'll be able to, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Run it back. I don't know the position. Run it. Let's just say run it. <laughs> um, but I told you to get on the field. I didn't ask you how you was going to get to to the uh, to the championship, I didn't ask you that. Right. Well, I auditioned. Did I ask you to audition? I said that you were going to be a Super Bowl champ. Do you believe you're a champion? Well, yeah, God, it's just that I don't need that. I don't need the extra letters. We got the X Y Z right here. Mm -hmm. Be okay with the X Y Z because that's all you need to do. Believe me for that X Y Z, and then A through everything else. That's my doing. You know what I'm saying? But stay right here in that mindset of God's gonna get, God's gonna do it. And I believe him to do that. Mm -hmm. He said he had it. Who else better to make it happen than him? You know what I'm right. saying? It's funny when you said nobody out, nobody outworks me. And I know God just had a good old chuck, but baby, what? I work overtime. I don't ever get tired. Right. You know I know I mean? he was laughing at me. Like I'm what do you mean? What do you, I'm glad you specified you don't know a single person because I I am putting in the work, not just right. for you, but for every, I am the beginning and the end. All the work that is to be done has been done. Right. So you, you can keep working hard if you want to. And I want, like, I enjoy the work. So that leads me to my question of what, how did you get to, 
because this was a question I wanted to ask you. How do you get to putting the EP out? Okay. Because you, I've known you were shy because I saw you on Quarantine Karaoke and we were pulling teeth trying to get you to sing. So <laughs> how, and it's not just putting out a EP, it's how do you get to Here Goes Everything? Because it's hard to give everything. And Ooh. this is a side of you that a lot of people I'm sure don't know because right. I didn't know sensual, mm -hmm. sexual, the book. This is, this is a different version of, right. of this. And this is, it's grown woman. I don't care what you think. I'm going to put all of me out there mm. and either you accept it or you don't, but it's out there. How do you get to there? I'm going to give you the short version because I can, I talk too much and I'm very long with, so I'll give you the short version. Um, first things first, this project, um, you know, the, you know, the phrase, Oh, here goes nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, here goes nothing. It's just, it's, it's the nuanced. I'm a tribe. And if you don't work, Hey, at least I can say I tried. Right. Mm -hmm. And that stuck with me. And it's like, well, instead of here goes nothing, here goes everything. I'm giving everything I got, like literally. And it's funny. To <laughs> it's so funny because um, <laughs> even talking with my producer, it was, oh, people are going to think it's the good girl gone bad. And I'm like, I want them to understand that it's, so not that like it's art that's what I love our art is so up for interpretation let me just get that out of the way mm -hmm. um but as far as how do I get to an EP um not quitting that's the short answer because for me being a very shy person I quit a lot it did and that's half the reason why it took me a year like when I did um uh, when I released Wolf People don't even know that Wolf was done a year or so prior before actually releasing it. But I was so, so shy that people were going to hear it and think that I was going to be a rapper, which I know that I am not. But I it was done literally um, early 2019. And that was formulated from me hitting him up and being like, hey, let's just get in the studio, create a vibe, see what happens. And he played for me this loop. It wasn't even a full melody. It was just a loop. And he, we kind of played around. We kind of co-produced a little snippet. I think it was maybe a minute in a minute and 30 seconds. And I put it on my car and I said, the first thing that came to mind was just that. And my mindset then was different. I felt like I had something to prove to people. Like I am not your traditional singer right i'm not a brandy jasmine sullivan-esque type singer um and i've learned to be okay with that because um people especially here in the dfw they won't they will shun you out if you're not this type of singer you're not even in the conversation chad what are you saying sit back Kishko. you know what i mean no shade um but an ep happens because i decided that i am going to do what i've always wanted to do and that's with everything, even going back to the Calvin Klein shoot. It had very little to do with um, me trying to be sexy, even push it and pull up. It's so funny because uh, push it 
started as a freestyle about literally missing somebody. And it was about them shooting them shot. It's like, I know that you like me and care about me too. So just say it. But I understand that there is a nuance that it is very sensual and sexual, but it, but it was never intended to be that. But I uh-huh. love that people see that and be like, oh, girl, because I really am a grown woman. And I've reached the point where it's like, I really am going to do and say what I want. Because even if I'm a saint, people are going to have something bad or negative to say anyway. Right. Whether donate a million dollars to an orphanage or I start only OnlyFans, which I would never do, but people are going to always have a conversation. <laughs> you have to do what is the truest to you. And I, for me, just wanted to be an artist for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And I have umpteenth amount of songs that are unfinished, unwritten, unrecorded, whatever. But when we said, I'm going to give you everything, here goes everything. It took us so long to just pick a couple of songs just to appetize y'all with because we had all these songs that we had started we written haven't been recorded whatever it was like well how do I just give people just a little pieces of everything I am I love um jazz blues funk so R.I.P. Tina Tina Turner which I just heard past it broke my heart because she inspires me so much I love her grit in her you know soul bearing blues I love that and I decided that I am going to do what I love to do, which is really to create music. It took me a long time to get there because I kept quitting and I let the fear of what people were going to say and think paralyze me from actually doing it. Um, but I got to this point by just making a choice that I was going to do it because this is what I want to do. And if I don't do it, I'll be putting myself back in the mindset of 2020 of I wasted all this time not doing it when I could have done it. Um, And even after we were kind of, I guess, getting out of the pandemic, you know, late 2021, I still hadn't done what I said I wanted to do because I was so paralyzed by what are people going to think? Mm -hmm. What are people going to say? They already think that I'm trying to be a rapper. They already think that I'm trying to be super sexy and show my body off because I'm posing in my drawers and Capricorn. Like, they're always going to have something to say. But the most important thing for me, success for me is doing what I love and enjoying what I do. And if I'm okay with what I'm doing and I'm not hurt or harming anybody, what's wrong with that? Nothing. And that's where I was. It's just deciding that here it goes, everything. I'm shooting my shot. This isn't everything that I got, but I wanted to show you like, hey, I'm working, I'm growing and I'm learning what it is to be an artist, learning what it means to co-produce something, even though I'm not physically engineering, you -hmm. know, this is what that sounds like. It's literally the soundtrack of me figuring it out. And I don't mind being vulnerable and showing people the ugly parts of what right. it sounds. No, this isn't the super polished, you know, project you've ever heard in your life. It's not the luring heel of it. But to me, it's the miseducation of B-Book because I did it. I did what I've always set out to do, mm-hmm. you know, instead of me just burying it under the rug with tons and tons of other songs I've never released because I was so worried about they're going to hate it. They're going to say this. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to whatever. And it's like, girl, your purpose and your dreams and aspirations are far bigger than what anybody's going to say. Do it. And it was just that. It was me doing it. Um, It came out April 22nd. It was supposed to be released in February. But again, it was the I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. This is too much. This is too much. 
they're going to eat me up. The girls are not going to be on my side on this, you know, <laughs> but it was just stupid. It was do it the same, the same way I said that this is not necessarily gospel. It had nothing to do with being rebellious. It was just like, I always just wanted to be a great songwriter. And this for me was a flex. Like I can write anything. You really can write. Get done poetry a lot, but that's mm-hmm. safe for you. You doing poetry is very safe. Mm-hmm. Put them together. You love to sing. You love to write. Do both. Here you go. You know, and it's just was that just making a choice to actually follow through what I've always wanted to do instead of being scared. It was that. That's amazing. And she raps in texture too, y'all. She 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 mentioned that she raps in wolf, but she raps in texture too. She gives you texture gives me some real like last three albums Beyonce vibes. Yeah. Because she gives you that real sing-songy rap where it's like, this is these are bars. These are real bars. Like this is poetic. <laughs> like, but texture was a like when I say, I I promise you, I promise you. I like, I wanted to be as authentic as possible. And when I first wrote Wolf, there were so many songs before Wolf, but Wolf was like the first to be like, hey, we're going to put it out. Just, you know, big book, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept trying to make it soft, pretty, and melodic. And I'm like, that's not even real. That's not real. You, oh, I'm a wolf. You can, what? What are you saying? Um, but Texture had that same streamline. I just wanted people to love themselves. I don't care if you big, small, little, whatever. Love that about yourself because that's what makes you you. Big you know, booties, little booties—they both move. Yeah, that's what they she both say. move. <laughs> like, and I, when I said, uh, "Skin is perfect," get it? I have struggled with getting my skin, and I and I know the listening audience can't hear, but I was even self-conscious about coming on camera because I have lost a lot of weight and I lost it in my face, and I have been sick. And I was scared because I'm like, I look sick. You know what I mean? But I was like, your skin is perfect. Yeah, it is. My oily skin, my acne prone skin that I've been fighting like I'm a 13 year old boy. Like all those things are beautiful and perfect. Love those things about yourself and be okay with that. You know what I mean? Because I sat up here, I'm like, I need to put on some lashes, honey. I need to put on a little concealer, get it together. But I was like, those, you don't need none of that. I her skin off. really is perfect, though, y'all. I'm looking at Baby, it. Her skin. <laughs> you can see my pores. Every I time I've hair. ever seen her, her skin is super smooth. It I glows wish, like she got a flashlight in her I, mouth. I wish they could all see this, but I cut off all of my hair. Uh-huh. And I decided that I am not going to be weighed down by what makes me feminine, what makes me a woman. I love when I just got rid of all those things. That's what birth texture. It was mm-hmm. like the way you are, your makeup, how you stand, how you look. That's you, you mm-hmm. know, and no shade to the girls that get on the table. But you don't even have to do that, sweetheart. I'm telling you, as somebody who grew up super self-conscious, I've been a bigger girl my entire life. Um, but it took me making a choice of wanting to be healthier because I want to be around for as long as possible. And I want to see the fruition of what God has for me. But that means taking care of my temple. I'm not my body, but my God, but God gave me this temple to take care of while I'm here. And if I trash this, I'm not, you got to be here to help. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be here to help. 
And, and that was what my mindset was. It was stripping away all the things that weren't me and being myself, um, being authentically me. And I, that's all I ever hoped that texture would be is just to push people to love themselves too. Like I'm five, eight. I've been a big girl my entire life. I've been taller. I've been the almond out. I've, like if you put me in the lineup, I'm the sore thumb sticking out. You know, I used to be subconscious about being a tall girl. Now I'm with it. It's like, cool. I'm not even the tallest girl in the room anymore. It was all of those things, you know, um, and just being honest about it. Like, baby, look, I got to really got it going on because this is how he made me. This is how he put me together, honey. And I'm going to be proud of how he put me together, you know, and taking better care of how he put me together. So that's all that really is. Ain't it crazy how your own self-consciousness will make you feel like you stick out when you don't? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> you say, because you say, I'm 5'8". I've always been the tallest one in the room. I have a sister who's six foot. Like, you're, you're not going to be the tallest one in You know? <laughs> My yeah. best friend is 5'9". And she's a girl. And so, like, even just being around you, you're taller than me because I'm the smallest one in the room most times. But I've never been like, Damn, the book is tall as hell. She's not. Oh, excuse my right. language, y'all. I'm sorry. I forgot this is the <laughs> Christian version of this podcast. I've, but I've never felt like, oh, she's so big. I've never felt like that around you. But see how silly that is and how our mind will literally play tricks on us? All the things that you tripping about are really not that. Like, get like I'm telling you, I never in my life thought about it. And it's been, it's coming up on a year in June cutting my hair my hair was down here mm -hmm. and I was hiding behind my hair um mm. and we as women we as black women we equate femininity with our hair you know our hair is our crown mm -hmm. and I struggled my my grandmother has alopecia my, my my mother has alopecia and I struggled with having very thin sides and I you would never know because I would have braids my hair was done slay lay fried lay to the side all that you would never know that but until I cut it all off and I was like now I ain't got nowhere to hide it was that it was stop hiding you were not meant to play small play the background like get get to the front um I had an opportunity to sing background for somebody it didn't work out that's not where I want you to be now I would gladly take a gig behind some of my face but God's like that's not it that's not where I want you to be that's right. not it. If I wanted you to be small, I wouldn't have made you big body book. <laughs> like <laughs> hello, somebody. So it just it's and, and I'm and I'm being very transparent. Sometimes it takes me remembering that. And like, girl, you got a whole lot of goodness going about you. And the things that you think are wrong, you really tripping on because it's somebody else that wish they was XYZ. Mm -hmm. You know, um, walk into that. And I want people to love themselves for real. Speaking of self-love, um, it's not just the spa days. It's not the going on vacations and the, you know, the journaling and the meditation. It's not that it's loving yourself when you don't even have the umption to. When you feel like the lowest, ugliest person in the room is deciding that I'm going to get up and I'm going to look in the mirror. If I can't get to it's, it's it's the getting up, get up, you know, uh, and go for it because as they went, Mm -hmm. right it's the as they went and getting up is what was the hardest for me 
I've had some of my darkest moments just laying down and being like, all right, whatever you're going to do from this point, you can go ahead and make it happen. Sound the alarms, baby. Sound the trumpets. We can end this thing right now. <laughs> but it's like, no, no, girl, get up. You got so much more. Get up. You know, and I decided to make a change and make and make a choice in my life. Like you can let these things hinder you or you can get rid of it and stop hiding. And I just wanted to stop hiding, you know, for once in my life, just stop hiding behind these things. Stop using these things as crutches. I called you to be so much more than this. Stop hiding. You know what I mean? Um, I was making Goliaths out of so many things that were so small. Um, because I was so worried about, oh, what are they going to say? They're going to talk anyway. So do it. And that's where I live. They're going to talk anyway. I got you. Go do it. Get up. You know? So it's that all the time. Yeah. See, I love when people come on. Um, and I know on this, this is the first time we've had, if you only ever listen to sermons of myself, I also have public servants announcements, please go give it a listen. If you listen to public servants announcement, I love when I have people on who talk about their outer beauty and having to recognize their outer beauty and loving who they are physically and what they look like, because I've never struggled with that. Mm-hmm. I, like I told somebody other, I've literally never looked at a mirror and been like, damn, you're ugly. Mm-hmm. Stop it, Shelman. I've never, I, I've <laughs> never looked in a mirror and just been like, you're ugly. I've never done that. That's never been who I am. And I understand that that's a problem for like 90% of the world or something. I think the statistic mm-hmm. is it's 90%. I, and that's bananas. 90% of the world believe mm-hmm. that they are ugly. Mm-hmm. Like that's crazy to, because 90% of the world is not ugly. It's probably right. about 10% of the world that's ugly to me. But mm-hmm. everybody is fine to somebody. And right. I just, I've that's never been my spirit animal. Yeah. And I think God did that purposefully because I don't like the physical, the, the, the non-physical traits of me. So it took, God told me to start a podcast in 2017. Like literally I bought podcast equipment in 2017. <laughs> Okay. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do it. I Like I recorded one or two and was like, I don't like the sound of my voice. It's too high pitched. People aren't going to know if I'm a girl or a guy. Like no one's going to listen to it. I don't like what I'm saying. What am I supposed to talk about? I don't have anything to talk about. Then we get to 2019 or 2018, 2019. And I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't about me starting podcasts. I'm going to start one for my school. Mm-hmm. And so I started one at the school and the students did it and it was big and the students loved it and people listened to it. And then we went into a pandemic and there was no way to do it anymore because we went into a pandemic. And then in the middle of the pandemic, he said, this is when you're supposed to do it. This is when you're supposed to start talking to people, start your podcast now. And I recorded two or three episodes. I was like, I'm not putting that out. I sound awful. Mm-hmm. And I literally wrote the first sermons to myself series during that time. And now 2022 I started it in November of 2022 and it was like I didn't know people were listening I didn't know people wanted to hear what I had to say I didn't know people cared about what I had to say and so people are listening to me and I listen and I'm not like I'm once you do 50 I think I'm at 50 episodes once you do 50 episodes you get used to your voice so I can listen to me in the car. I can listen. And he's like, it's not about what you sound like. 
And quite frankly, the only people who can make fun of what you sound like have to listen. So you win either way. And I was like, oh, God, you're, you should have said that in 2017. He said, well, Ooh. I told you to start. <laughs> and I was like, sometimes it really is just that simple. He just wants you to move. He just wants you to start. He just wants you to go. Because like you said, we make Goliaths. I've never heard that. We make Goliaths out of things that just aren't that big. Because the words I'm saying is more important than what it sounds like coming out. Yes. Because someone needs to hear the words. They don't care whether I'm a guy or a girl. They're never going to research me. They're not going to Google my name. They don't care one way or the other. They don't care. And when I got to sermons to myself, I was like, people aren't going to want to listen to that. Because not only am I not a preacher, I have a hard time believing in the Bible 100%. Like, I still struggle with the Bible. Who's going to listen to my sermons for myself, which come out of the Bible, which I, when I also question the Bible. Mm -hmm. And he was like, it's not about that. Someone has the same questions you have and they're, you're not going to have the answer. I'm mm -hmm. going to, you're going to ask the question. You're going to pose the theory and someone else is going to have the answer. And it's the answer that they need. And then mm -hmm. someone else is going to have a totally different answer, but it's going to be the answer that they need because mm -hmm. you're asking the question. I just need you to get on the mic and ask the question and I said oh, okay and that's where we've gotten to and when when I got to the overcome it's because I wanted to read revelations I had never read revelations I get I read the bible I've read I tell people all the time I've read the bible front to back but realistically I haven't read it front to back I stopped at revelations every time and I've just it's never been a thing it's just I Job is really short and so I always like oh I can just read that tomorrow I can read and so you never read it because it's if you keep putting it off till tomorrow, tomorrow never comes. Like literally tomorrow never comes. It's always tomorrow. And so I just never got to it. So I was like, I'm going to skip Job and I'm going to read Revelations mm -hmm. and I'm going to go back to Job. And then I started reading Revelations and then realized I have to read Job to understand Revelations real good. <laughs> and so I had to go back and read the one. It's it's one chapter in Job. I had to go back and read it in order to get to Revelations. But I read it and was like. I've heard this all the time and I didn't understand it until you get the context. Mm -hmm. These people could not defeat the devil because they were hiding from who they are. They mm -hmm. were hiding who God made them to be. How do you ultimately defeat the devil? Show me you you're struggling in your depression, literally. And I, I said this the other day, I have been struggling every day of this month. May is a hard month for me. Just people who don't know, which is why y'all haven't gotten a new, sermons to myself in May I've just been struggling by myself mm -hmm. I I at the in April I lost my grandmother literally on Easter mm -hmm. of last year and in May May since I mean since 2005 my mom died May 20th of 2005 and then my he's not really my son but kind of my adopted son died May 14th of 2021 and so May, and it's always been the end of the school year. It was the month where I literally lost my teaching job doing what God told me to do. And I've questioned, I was like, God, did you really tell me to do that? Because it cost me my job. Like it didn't cost me my certificate. I can still go back and teach somewhere else, but I loved that job. Mm -hmm. And it has been super clear. Yes, I told you to do that. You weren't supposed to be teaching. I was telling you to get out of the classroom. 
I was telling you to get out of the school building and you weren't listening. So I had to move some things around to make you do some things. And so May is just a tough month for me. And mm-hmm. I said every day I drive my car for about 10 hours every day. And every day I've been like, I wonder what would happen if I just drive off the bridge. Mm-hmm. Like, what does life look like after that? Like, I see the big truck. I know we're in traffic. What if I don't hit the brake? What if I just floor it and run? And that, so suicidal ideation is something I struggle with and have since high school. And I've had to, like, I'm one of those people who got affected by the Equifax thing. I guess they were hacked or something. But I woke up on May 20th, which is the 18th year since my mom died. On May 20th, I woke up to an email that I had been deceased, that my certain lines of credit, my mortgage had been closed, my car note had been closed, my credit card had been closed. And I was like, why is this happening? I pull up creditkarma.com because it's free. And it says consumer deceased. And I was like, what? (laughs) I'm the consumer and I'm Mm -hmm. using my phone. And I've never died before, so I don't know what death is like. So let me let me call my daddy. Like I had to literally call my dad to be like, "Can you hear me? Am I talking to you?" Uh He said, "Yeah, you called." I was like, "Okay, I'm just checking," and hung up. And then had to send another message to my sister and my best friend, like, "Hey, if something happens to me today." It was not suicide. I know people are going to think it was suicide because of what the day is and because of my mental health issues and all. It was, I do not want to die. I am not trying to kill myself. I am not. If I die today, it was an accident or somebody killed me. Let the police look into it. Because waking up to find out that you died, maybe for everybody else, they knew it was something. They were like, something must be wrong. For me, that's not what my first thought was. My first thought was I didn't wake up. I literally woke up dead. Like, this is a problem. And so having that happen literally on the day, the 18th anniversary of my mom passing, and it just being May in general, it hurt. Like, May hurts every day. And so I've had to just focus on, okay, get up, take a shower, brush your teeth, work. Mm -hmm. Get up, take a shower, brush your teeth, work. And one thing that really has gotten to me is like, how do I get out of this? Because I don't <laughs> like living this. Like, am I happy? Yeah, I'm ha- like, and that's one thing I don't think a lot of people understand. You can be happy and depressed. Yes. Like, I, I am happy. I, I have a wonderful God baby who just gives me the most joy I've ever experienced in life. Um, I get to see my best friend all the time. I, I have built closer relationships and bonds with the people in my life than I ever have. I'm closer to people, but, and I'm, and I'm transforming into who I think God wants me to be. I'm transitioning into who I know God wants me to be. And that stuff is pleasing, but I still struggle with the mental health because it is a disease of a depression. Like I have to take medicine the same way. My grandma took medicine for her diabetes and lupus. I have to take medicine for my depression. And so I'm struggling. I was like, God, how do I get out of this? He said, you're not going to be able to get out of it until you're willing to talk about it. You can't keep hiding it. And I do talk about it. I'm very open and transparent with it. But he was like, you have to tell your testimony. Mm -hmm. And that testimony is not the one time you 
attempted suicide and it didn't work or the second time you attempted to that's not the testimony the testimony is yesterday when you were driving on the highway at 75 miles per hour and you, you saw the turn coming and for half a second you sped up instead of slowing down that's the testimony because mm-hmm. then you thought mm, i'm not gonna do this and you slowed down you beat it right then in that moment right someone needs to know that in in one moment they can beat it and then in the next moment they can beat it again and in the next moment they can beat it again and it's just moment by moment because someone doesn't know that and so they're going to give up and i don't want them to give up before it's too early and so just sharing the every day of it and i said <clears throat> okay i can do that and then i started talking because i thought overcome was going to be this series is going to be about mental health and my mm. my depression and then I sat down and I was just talking into the mic by myself and I was like and then there was this pastor who told me I was going to hell because I was gay mm-hmm. and I was and it cycled and then God told me the reason you've never been able to find a husband you've never been able to settle down with a man that you want is because I told you a long time ago I showed you what your family would look like and it is you and a woman. And you've never not been romantically attracted to women. You've never not been sexually attracted to women. You just, for me, once you come out, it's hard to go back in. Mm-hmm. And it's not even necessary, but people, you, you get so stuck into thinking either you are gay or you are straight. Mm-hmm. You can't just be attracted to people. And so yeah. I sat down to talk about it and it was like, God told me I'm going to marry a woman. And my sister was like, are you sure? Yeah, I'm certain. Because <laughs> he didn't just say it. He said it a long time ago and I was reminded, but I'm certain. I asked, for, and he, so are you not attracted to men anymore? No, I am. But it's a mm-hmm. waste of time to date them because... <laughs> That's not who, if you're dating for marriage, you wouldn't date somebody who has no goals, has no, no, no purpose. Don't feel, because that's not who you want to marry. You're mm-hmm. not going to date somebody who's a Coke addict or a meth addict and has no plans of getting off because that's not who you want to marry. So why would you date a man? If, if you know that the ending is for you to marry a woman, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay. So now it's not about, it's not that it's a sin. It's just not your purpose. It's not, it's not where you're supposed to go. I'm not telling everybody else. God has not converted me from being gay to being straight. I like, I want to make that clear because this, I believe I haven't gone back and listened to him. I will support myself and listen to my podcast. I just haven't done it yet. Um, But God hasn't for the people who listened to the last one and now believe God told me you're no longer gay. That is not what happened. (laughs) I was in my car this morning and I picked up Wingstop today and almost passed my number to somebody. It's not about, he said, you're no longer gay. You're now straight. It was, you didn't want kids because you felt like the ultimate ending as a parent is to leave your kids behind because your mom died when you were still a child. You've now grown out of that. You didn't want a wife because you didn't want the responsibility of being a husband because that requires you to be a protector, a provider, and a shelterer. You've grown out of that. So now you're okay with this. 
it's just a transition. You're not mm-hmm. changing. You're not shifting. You still are attracted and it's okay to be attracted. But are you going to waste your time? Ooh, she she raised her hand. Y'all can't see her hand. She raised it. Oh my God. This is such a great conversation. Um, I recently learned a, a new word and I've always heard this word, but I've never knew the full context in this context of this word. The word is pivot. Mm. um and it was two people shout out to tiktok because i was so 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 anti-tiktok but i have learned the most about life and life hacks and all this stuff from tiktok so shout out to tiktok but one girl she stitched the video of this girl talking about how she pivoted and it was a black lady and of course i listened to both i went and listened to the original then i came back to the black lady and what he did me for me when it came to the lady was yes she was black she was a black female and she did all the things that we consider non-black, right? Or, you know, not traditionally black activities. But one thing I love that stuck with me is she said, you can be anything you want at any moment. She said, pivot. Like if for the next six months, I study on being a chiropractor. At the end of those six months, if I decide that I want to go be a chef, I can do that. There's nothing wrong with me pivoting and wanting to be a chiropractor. Now, on the outside looking in, people might say, well, girl, you're just wasting your time. To who? Because now I have the know-how to so to be a chiropractor. So if anything happens to me or a friend of mine, I can help them out or I can say, hey, this is what's going on with you because I have that skill. That's a skill I can take with me forever. No, I'm not working in a doctor's office as a chiropractor, but that's not lost upon me. Now I'm a chef. I'm learning how to cook. I'm learning how to cook. You know what I'm saying? It's all about the pivot. I had a conversation, and it's weird. It's very, very weird. Um, I'm a person that's fairly private. I'm an open book, but I'm fairly private. So to know me is to know that I've always been queer, um, but I had a hard conversation after I lost my brother two years ago. And my mom is has seen me date women. She's been introducing them. They've been around my family. They've been to the cookouts, family, you name it. But it's never been like officially a thing like, oh, I'm coming out. It's never been that. It's just been like, oh, okay, cool. And then my brothers are with it because it's like, oh, okay, you can't get my sister pregnant. You know, so it's always been all the silly things, right? But I had a conversation with my mom and I'm like, we just need to start having conversations because life has been short for some, right? It ain't short for me, mm-hmm. but it's been short for some. And I don't want to live on the rest of my life hiding or trying to live up to your potential. Like you've lived your life. This is mine. This is my choice. But I had quote unquote uh, came out to my mom as bi. And since then, I have pivoted, right? Not to say that I no longer like men. I'm attracted to men. I don't necessarily want them to touch me in certain places in certain ways and be intimate in certain spaces with them. You know, and I know for me, my attraction to women has been holistic. I love me as a woman, my genetic makeup as a woman. I love spaces with women, how nurturing and how safe and how we just have an innate um, nature to just be soft and kind. I love that. Um, And so that's where it came from. But I had to be very honest and say like, okay, well, maybe I'm not necessarily like curious anymore. I'm actually bisexual. Okay, well, maybe I'm not bisexual. Maybe I actually am just a lesbian. It was like, well, no, I don't dislike men. I just don't necessarily want to date them. I like them, you know, but it was a choice of like being able to know that like you can pivot at any point. Mm -hmm. And so for me, 
I related most to being queer because A, I've always in some form or fashion been a rule breaker and, and done what I've always wanted to do. Like if everybody's going left, I'm for sure to go right. Just for the sake of fact that I'm not going to go with everybody else. I'm going to intentionally go against the grain. But more importantly, I want to be intentional about who I am as a person. And I've learned that it's okay to pivot. It is okay to pivot. If one moment I'm doing this and I decide that I want to do that the next moment, that is okay. Um, I think in all those moments of pivoting, as long as you're not stopping, that's where you have a problem. If you reach a point where you're hitting like a brick wall and a detour, it's like, all right, just turn around, baby, pivot. Because that's not your end. And I've reached moments in my life where I feel like, okay, this isn't my end, but I'm okay with it being my end. If you get my drift, right? Mm -hmm. I had the suicidal thoughts of like, God, I can lay down here and not wake up and I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. I'm cool. Sound the trumpets. Run it back. Let's go. You know, but it's it's been that get up, baby. Just pivot. This ain't the end. Pivot. Just just turn. Make a 180. Not even a 180. Do a 60. Just turn. Yeah. Keep going. And it's been that at every point in my life. And I love what you were saying about not liking your voice because that's my thing. Even with this project, it's like, I don't think that my voice is translating. Like, I don't feel, and it's a silly, silly thing, but I'm like, my voice is not on this project. Like, when I get on stage and it's going up, that's me. But I can't hear myself on this. And it's like, it doesn't matter. They can hear you. They're going to get a message from this, whether that's to shoot their shot, whether that's to love themselves, whether that's to go for it, whether that's to whatever, they're going to get a message of like, okay, she's doing it. I could do it too. Because there's people that's more established than me, that's whatever, whatever, and haven't curated anything. You mm -hmm. know, they're so known, they're so whatever, whatever, and they're known as the voice of whatever, whatever. And they can they can hang with the Brandys and the Jasmine Sullivan, you know, and but they haven't curated everything. They're just known of being known, just being around. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to fight for stages in the DFW. I want to go beyond Texas. But that starts with just speaking up and just doing it, you know, choosing to pivot. Yeah, one moment I went to school for this, but now I want to do this or now I want to study this or I started out doing whatever. And now I figured out that that's not really for me or I just want to do something else like getting to a point where instead of stopping, literally shift. And that's right. okay that at one moment something doesn't work for you anymore. Or you decide that, okay, that was cool. I experienced that. But now I want to try this. Life is about creating memories and moments that you can pass on to someone else, that, that you can teach somebody else. We are our own history books. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and as far as queerness or being gay, what people have to know and understand, because um, I had the same thing. I grew up wanting three kids. You know, and that was my life as a, you know, heterosexual woman. And then I grew to be more and more queer. And I was like, well, I guess that's not going to happen now. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, why wouldn't it happen? You still a woman. You still got womanly parts. You can still birth a child. It may, may not be your traditional. And, but it was funny. And I started laughing because I've never been a traditional girl in mm -hmm. any sense of the word. So it's like family or people that are literally choosing you. That's it. If I if I'm a male and I marry a man and we decide that we're going to adopt these kids, but no one else is choosing to choose or to love. This is still a family. 
if I get kicked out of my house or whatever, and I'm, you know, um, you know, abandoned by my family, there are people that are going to meet me and be like, you know what, I'm going to take you in. I'm going to choose. And that's why you have houses for the people. Don't worry about what it is. But in the barber community, that's why they have houses, because that's your chosen family. And those mm -hmm. are people that are choosing to love one another and love you despite of whatever the world thinks. Like, I love you for just who you are. And I think I had to start doing that first. Love on me for exactly who I am and then pivot, right? Grow to love who you are and then share that love with someone else. Whatever house it comes in, it's not a thing. But sharing the love, again, because he never said what neighbor. Mm -hmm. That's why I laugh when people say, oh, it's such an abomination. And it's like, well, okay, it's it's a reference, but it's, it's still love. So which one is it? Which one outweighs it, the other? You know, I still love this person. I'm still caring for this person. It's a pivot for me, you know. But um, I think it's important. I love what you're doing with this podcast. And I truly hope that someone sees this and hears this or hears this. And they decide that, A, I can do it. A, I can change my mind and pivot at any point. And I can show up as my full and authentic self. And that's the testimony. And I and I got on here thinking, like, I don't really have a testimony, I don't think. But just like you said, that moment mm -hmm. where you decide to get up or you decide to slow down, take your release your foot off the brake, it's many times where I've had to release my foot off that brake. And like, girl, you really on go? Slow down. It's okay. It's mm -hmm. not the end of the world. And I think that's the testimony. You know what I mean? That's that's powerful. So like thank you for sharing that, honestly. That's I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I knew that guys, this is why she was the first person I asked. And I'm looking around because I have this imaginary audience. <laughs> it's imaginary to y'all. I'm just looking into my future, but I have this studio audience mm -hmm. that's here and they can see me and they're looking at, but that's why I asked Derricka Booker to be on here first. That's why she's the first per person to pop into my head when I said I, it's time for me to bring guests on to sermons to myself because I'm not the only one who can speak to me. And it's time for me to let someone else in on these sermons to myself. Cause there's a lot of people don't, cause I don't publicize it. I post public servants announcements. I never post sermons to myself. Um, I'm going to post this one, but I don't ever, I, before this, I've never posted them, but just, she said, just keeping your progression, right? The definition of progress is forward movement. And that's the first part of the definition. So we always think if we go backwards, we're not progressing. Well, no, because the rest of the definition is toward a destination. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the destination is behind you. Yeah. Sometimes you, you do have to stop and pivot. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because Pastor Michael Todd always says the definition okay. of repent is just to stop and turn. Right definition of pivot is to stop and turn sometimes the destination isn't where you're going right now and you have to pivot you have to turn around if lauren hill said if if the if you weren't supposed to look backwards why do cars have a steering wheel Ooh. we we sometimes we do have to turn around yeah. sometimes we do have to pivot sometimes we do have to change where we're going because we think we're headed toward our destination once you recognize you're not you have to progress in the other way. You have to turn around. You, you, you've given, you've given us so many gifts. You've given wanna, us so many gifts. I want to, and this is why I see myself in you and what you're doing. 
Um, I love that you said it. I love that you're calling it sermons to myself. Um, Cause one way I've counseled my, myself, I'm seeking a therapist, which I feel like everybody should do, especially black people. It is not a bad thing to seek counsel outside of your church, black people go talk to a professional. Um, but I decided until I find a therapist, I was going to talk through my issues. So I literally have what's called self-talk episodes that I will never, ever, ever, ever share with anyone outside of my actual therapist. But it was a way of me talking to myself, talking through my problems and my issue, whatever's bothering me, or the great, not even just bad things, but good things too, if I'm, obsess- if I'm obsessing over something, because I'm excited. But mostly through getting myself through those moments. Um, I just I, I find so much so much similarity between that because you said that you weren't going to share these episodes. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes these can be moments of you watching your progress. Cause that's all that is. Mm-hmm. And there's that word again, right? For me, mm-hmm. I started self-talk episodes um September-ish of last year, August, September-ish of last year. Mm-hmm. I can see the growth. And sometimes it's just me sitting on my iPad and just talking about what's bothering me. I'm real, I'm raw, and I'm cut. And I can say from what I started to now, almost a year later, I can see the progress. I can see where I pivoted and be like, you know what? Instead of you going off the deep end, cool, let's let's take our gas off, take our foot off the brake a little bit and let's just redirect ourselves. And I think this right here is so necessary and so needed. And I'm, I'm glad that I did it because now I can see so much of myself in you and what you're doing you know what I mean and so I see that studio audience with you okay um don't be Oprah be showman because somebody needs showman you know mm-hmm. and the self-talks um self-talks I almost said self self-service <laughs> sermons to myself I almost said sermons to showman sermons to myself is such a thing that's needed and I hope that everybody takes this and takes notes from it and really learn that you can where you are now is not your final destination. You can move forward if you decide that that's what you're going to do. Make a decision and do it. You know what I mean? Like, I love this so much for you. I'm so glad I did it. Just like you said, it's nothing more than a conversation, but it's a, it's a necessary one because people mm-hmm. need to see um, Black queer men that are, that are spiritual and that are Christian and that love God fully but that are still navigating what it means to be all those things simultaneously. Right. It's the intersectionality, right? You get to a cross row and you feel like, God, I don't know where to turn. Should I speak as a black man? Should I speak as a man, period? Should I speak as a black, uh, black queer man? I'm stuck right here. And it's like, right. turn, pivot this way. And if you go down this way, cool. And you find yourself back at the same intersection. It's like, okay, cool. And it's constantly choosing different directions. Because mm-hmm. all that's doing is building you up and building up your intersectionality. And you can speak to every audience now right. as a man, as a black man, as a black queer man, as a black queer man who's also Christian. You can speak to all those things. And I see that for you and I speak that for you. And I'm agreeing with you on that. I hope that you have your studio audience, Tyler Perry, somebody's, <laughs> you know, because you, you need those spaces. And I feel like yes, people run from that because they feel like, there's no space for them mm-hmm. when it comes to Christianity, but Christianity goes far beyond the four, the four walls. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
That's why there's such there's a such thing as the laundromat. You're not gonna take your clean clothes to the washeteria. You're gonna take your dirty clothes to the washeteria, right? Everybody's a hot mess. Everybody's got something going on. But we if we can agree to agree that we're all a hot mess and that we're all trying to clean ourselves and be better people and evolve to be better human beings, that's where it starts. So I'm so Absolutely. proud of you. I'm glad that you're doing this. I really, really am. This I really appreciate cool. it. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Because I've never had a guest. Like, I, I mean, I said at the beginning, I've never had a guest on sermons to myself. <laughs> and so you're the first person to ever come on. So I, I've i never heard. I know that there are people listening because I can see the analytics. Now, right. I, I, I see the analytics. So I know it ain't that many people listening, which is kind of comforting a little bit. But yeah. I do know that there are people listening. But this is the first time someone is listening to me. Because, like... I'm sure you see me looking down like I'm like, oh, I know a scripture for that. Let me what does mm. that word actually mean? I'm looking up. This is what I actually sounds like. And if you've been on if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that sermons to myself started with. I always would just part of my morning routine was for 30 minutes. I would set the timer and I would sit and I would talk to God and I would look mm -hmm. up scriptures and I would and I would look up definitions and I would just talk. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that changed from that to this is I put the microphone in front of it and mm -hmm. I started. And sometimes I still walk around the house. I put my clothes in while I'm doing the recording. And so you'll hear the coffee maker start. You'll hear the dishes being washed because right. it's just my time with God. And so this is the first time I've ever let somebody into it. But it is me like, listen, be like, that is what God said. Oh, God said that last week. This is, and it's just me talking it out. Because everybody can't afford to go to a counselor. And even if I don't help you, like if the words I'm saying aren't going to help you to your next message, you may be listening to this so that you know you can talk yourself through by talking to God. You don't have to listen to me. You can go talk to God for yourself on your own time and talk through your problems. So mm -hmm. I, I appreciate you coming on. Despite the nervousness, I appreciate you being raw and authentic and transparent with us and sharing your journey. I appreciate that you keep listening to God. I appreciate that you released the EP because like I listen to it like it's of course I have I have a bunch of friends who make music y'all and I I listen because I want them to get the extra listen on right. Apple Music and I, I rate right. like everybody I know is going to get the five star rating on Apple Music. Now I might come to you privately and be like, listen, listen, pull that down. Get that, get that, get that off the Apple Music. Um, but on Apple Music, I'm gonna rate you five stars. I want everybody to succeed. And I never know, like I knew D Book could sing, but mm -hmm. I've never heard anything she's written. Mm -hmm. So when I went into it, I was like, I know the I know it's gonna sound good, mm -hmm. but I don't know. Right. And then I listen to them. Oh, wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. These are pops. Yeah. And then I found myself listening to it again. And you know you like a song when it's the song you play in your head when you're sitting on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> like, it ain't no real music. I was like, I need to listen to that. Because it just got stuck in my head. And I couldn't remember any of the verses. Right. But I just, I was, I heard the melody. And I was like, I need to just play it. I just need to play the song. And it is literally 
in my playlist. Like it is songs. It's certain songs have been added to certain playlists. Certain songs have been added to certain playlists. Certain songs I just, and it's, it's quick y'all. It's a 15 minute listen, which is perfect for most commutes. Like I can get through all of it on my way to the grocery store. Right. And like, it's, so I appreciate we don't have you. A lot of, we don't have a good extent, uh, attention span anyway. People like after the 15 minutes of listen to a project, they want something different anyway. So it's like, well, yeah, this is just a teaser while the, the full project is being worked on. Can someone <laughs> tell Chris Brown that? Because I don't need no more 40, 40 song CDs from you, Christopher. You no, know, what's weird is that after, after a while, they start sounding the same. They do. Like they, they start, and he's, he's all he's, of Indigo oh, sounds the same, you know. So yeah, I was like, I, it's a two-hour song. That's what Indigo is. That's what the project yeah. of. It's one two-hour song mm-hmm. with forty different skip buttons. You, Heartbreak on a Full Moon gave us a little variety. Indigo is just a long song. Yeah, someone should let. It was a good song. Yeah, Chris Brown is incredibly talented, but can right. you give give it to us in bits and pieces? I don't need to take a road trip to listen to your album, please, sir. Right. That's all I'm saying. That's just my, if you ever hear this, if, you, if somebody knows him personally, <laughs> just snip this part out and pass it along to him. Just yeah. from just from one, cons- I'm going to buy whatever he put out, but mm-hmm. I mean, just if he wants some feedback, there it is for him. I appreciate you coming on, D-Book. Of Yes, I told you, I told you it is truly just a conversation. Um, it's just a conversation. Me, you, and God, we sit together and we we talk. That's all we do. Uh, so I like I said, if you haven't heard the other episodes of Sermons to Myself, if this is the first one you're ever hearing, this th- we have several different series. The first series was stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Um, then we had mental health. Then we had another one. Ooh, I am telling on myself because I don't know. Any, huh? yeah. <laughs> um, let me, I'm gonna pull it up. I'm a cheat because that's what I'm supposed to do. So we had, oh, fruits of the spirit. I talked about it earlier. So we had stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. Then we had mental health. Then we had fruits of the spirit. And now we're in overcome, um, and if you, I mean, if you feel so inclined, go give those a listen, because like I said, it's just me and Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit sitting together and talking through. And some of you may find some some moments of hip, hypocrisy where I say something and stay ready so you don't get ready, so you don't have to get ready. And then we get to overcome and I say something completely opposite. That's what they call growth. Right. Don't judge it. Understand it. It's growth. I've as you know better, you do better. And I'm not going to go back and delete and re-edit so that it sounds like I was always perfect and polished because I wasn't. I'm learning and I'm growing and God is not done working on me because the moment he is, you won't know me no more. So I want him to keep working on me um, until he calls me on home. But if you could wait, I would like to have some earthly possessions first that I can Amen. pass on, pass down, pass through. Do you, you hear what I'm saying, Jesus? You you made me a promise and we ain't reached it yet. So <laughs> let us keep going towards it. Um, yes. I appreciate everybody for listening. I appreciate again, Derricka, for coming on. I love you so much. I love you so much. Thank you for having me, Because I don't get eggs a lot now. <laughs> <laughs>
I, I do I do appreciate it so much. And I'm glad that I, I did it and I spoke to your audience, your loving and growing and abundant audience. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, some, somebody's got to hear uh, a new perspective. You know what I mean? I'm glad mm-hmm. you're uh, what what the old people say it ain't nothing but the grace of god hello <laughs> um so that's been another incredible episode of sermons to myself again i appreciate y'all for listening like the youtubers say like comment subscribe share post reshare like the post put it in your story tag two or three people and then when they share it in their story, you share it again after they've shared it. And y'all just do that back and forth two or three times. I know how the young folks do. Do that <laughs> for me, please. Um, and just enjoy life. Go out and be be great. Be, be better. Be special and walk in purpose. Thank y'all so much. Mm-hmm.